We're kicking off a new series called Christmas is dot, dot, dot. And I like how she kind of said, like, lean in. I know a lot of us, we've heard this story before, and sometimes it can almost be, become like white noise. Don't ever let the story of Christ coming to the earth become white noise to you. So since you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Matthew um, chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 18. So Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh, that's interesting. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, we're going to leave it right there, dot, dot, dot. That's where we're going to pause, so let's pray real quick. God, we just thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you did come to dwell among us. God, I pray that you would just um, let your word speak a lot louder than mine today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. So I've asked this question to people, just, you know, how would you finish the phrase, Christmas is? And kind of depending on where you ask that, that might look a little bit differently. Um, when I asked it to some of the like church people that I know, they always give the right answer. How many of you guys know like the right type of answer? It's like when you're teaching kids and they don't know really what the answer is, but they'll just say, Jesus. And the same is true with adults sometimes. They're like, they try to get it right instead of being real. And so yes, Christmas is all about Jesus. But if we know that there's, there's a lot that goes in to Christmas. There's a lot of different things. And none of those are bad or necessarily wrong. There's just a lot that goes into it. It's, it can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Um, and some of those things maybe don't have a ton to do with Jesus, but they're a whole lot of fun. Like today, relevant kids, for them, Christmas is pajama party. Like it's, we, get to, we get to come in our PJs today. And one thing I do know Christmas is, Christmas is proof that the matching pajama-like business is something I should have invested in, man. (laughs) Like, you see them all over the place now. Matching, you can match your two-year-old with, with, you know, all of your Santa decked out pajama gear. And only that, you can match your puppy dog. Yeah, two-year-old, mom, dad, the puppy dog, you can all be decked out in the same matching pajamas. But I saw this this week. This is the the dumbest thing in the world. You can match your kitty cat in the pajamas. Now, if you can figure out how to get your little demon feline (laughs) to put on pajamas, like my mom has this evil black cat and it it would scratch and claw me to death if I tried to put pajamas on. But if you can do that, good for you, boo, because that is hard work. And the truth is, Christmas is the one and only time of year that you'll get grown men to put on onesies, to take a coordinating picture with their family because they love them. And I should know, because I brought proof today of what that might look like. So, here you go. Yeah. If I stood up, you'd see it's like all the way I could zip it over my head. But I love this picture because it speaks exactly to kind of how my, those are my three kids. It speaks exactly, my, my oldest is 17. And she looks really happy, but really what this is, is can, if I just smile long enough, this will be done with. And we'll be, we'll be done. Um, 
my middle one, you can see it all over her, that's disgust. If you have a middle child, you know, sometimes they just live in the area of disgust. Like, what are you guys doing? And then the baby, the baby's always just ready to steal the show. That's Elijah. He's, anytime, like, the attention should be on me. If you're the youngest child, sometimes I know that's kind of a, a little syndrome. Like, I should get all the attention, especially when you're seven years younger than your oldest sister. But Christmas is a time when people will do things a little bit differently just because, you know, family's around. Um, another thing that we know that Christmas is, is the holiday movies. Christmas is holiday movies. We look forward to them. And I'm not just talking Grinch. I'm not talking Home Alone. I'm not talking Die Hard. Yeah, I heard the, heard the uh, grunts. Uh. No, I'm talking Hallmark. Holiday Christmas movies. Now, I am not a huge fan of Hallmark holiday Christmas movies. I'm sorry. But this year, I made the regrettable decision of giving one of them a shot. So I sit down with my wife and my kids, and I watch the most ridiculous, disjointed, nonsensical Christmas movie I've ever seen. And I'm going to start explaining this movie. And some of you are like, I watched that movie. (laughs) So there's this movie. And here's how it goes. There's these three guys and they have a, there's a baby that's dropped off to a fire station. And for some reason, these three guys decide as a group effort that they now have to take care of this baby. First off, that makes no sense. You know, why not call Child Protective Services? (laughs) Some of you guys, I could see it in your eyes like, I watched this dumb movie. (laughs) Now, somewhere in the middle of this movie, These three guys have a dance routine. Out of absolutely nowhere, there's a dance routine. I swear they changed the child's name at some point during the movie. I think the writers just maybe forgot what was going on. Then at the end of the movie, this woman shows up claiming to be the mother. They give the baby to the mother and we're supposed to be happy about this. I'm like, first off, she left. She's given us no proof that this is the mom and they just hand the baby over and we're supposed to go, oh, how sweet. I'm like... This is ridiculous. I was expecting, you know, your traditional Hallmark movie, and they're not playing along with how the plot is supposed to go. And in case they forgot how the plot is supposed to go, or you forgot, I brought a way that we can all understand how Hallmark movies are supposed to go. So here is exactly what they're supposed to look like. They're going to put it up on the screen. Okay, this is how Hallmark movies should be. Carrie. The career-oriented interior designer returns home to her small town to inherit something and magically falls in love with a sensitive guy in plaid. I mean, you pick and choose. Susan from the big city, she's a baker. She returns home to enter a folksy contest and magically falls in love with, I don't know, pick your, pick your person up there. And to top it all off, we all know like the only old guy in town with the beard is actually Santa Claus, (laughs) right? Like that's how Hallmark, I'm expecting like the, the, ah, you know, you can tell what's going to happen from the get. No, this is some crazy movie about guys taking care, it made no sense. If you've seen it, I'm sorry. If you haven't seen it, don't watch it. Um, (laughs) But I'm watching this movie and I thought, why didn't they stick to the formula? Where? is the guy in plaid with the beard ready to pick up the girl. Like, what's going on? And I asked myself, when did this all become so 
complicated. And the reality is for a lot of us, Christmas is just that, complicated. And that's the title of today's message, Christmas is Complicated. And the truth is, it's not just complicated now, that's how it started out. The very first Christmas wasn't just some Hallmark movie with like a a snow ending and a nice kiss. It was complicated. Let's go back to the passage we started with today. And first off, I think we all need to give Joseph a a lot more credit than we give to him. Um, Mary gets a lot of attention at Christmas and that's great, she should as well. But man, let's not neglect the faith of Joseph because just put yourself in his shoes for a minute and ask yourself how complicated this would be. So you're engaged to a woman. You're having a God-honoring engagement. You've not been together. We all know what that means. Correct, this isn't relevant, kids. (laughs) And then suddenly, your fiance says, hey, I, I need to talk to you about something, okay? Um, I need to tell you something. Yeah, I heard that. Um, I'm pregnant. And the baby is from the Holy Spirit. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. The Holy what? <laughs> huh? The Holy what? The Holy Spirit? Are you sure it wasn't Frank? Because I see the way Frank looks at you. <laughs> I mean, all kidding aside, put yourself in his shoes that took a lot of faith to even like hear that and not completely lose it. He had some other things that maybe weren't the right things that he could have done in that time that he decided to not do. Now we have a tendency though to do this. We sanitize the Christmas story, which means we kind of clean it all up and make it pretty. And we turn it into a pageant, we turn it into a play and we turn in a little nativity scenes that we buy at Hobby Lobby and we put them up on the mantle and we go, oh. And I do the same thing. I love nativity scenes. But sometimes we sing Christmas songs that make Christmas seem almost too good to be true. And I love them. But listen to this. The cattle are lowing. The baby awakes. But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. No crying he makes lies. Lies. Like if you've had a baby of any kind, you know when they're awake, at some point they're going to be crying. And Jesus came to be a human, which means he did the things humans do, which means crying he makes correct and also other things he makes that don't smell good probably. Okay? It's, it's more complicated than the polished little versions we put it into. It's pretty to sing and it's a nice image but it can just be a hand sanitizer version of Christmas. Other pretty lyrics like this seem simple and they're great songs and I'm going to continue to sing about, Oh, come all ye faithful. Oh, come all ye faithful takes the complication out of Christmas because Christmas isn't just about, Oh, come all ye faithful. We began today in verse 18, but if you look back at the first 17 verses of Matthew, he lists out, the complicated reality of the family Jesus was born into. These 17 verses give us the lineage, the family tree that Jesus came from. It's a whole list of names I would encourage you at some point to go back and look at because in this lineage includes murderers, fugitives, liars, a prostitute, 
Jesus came into this world through sinners to save sinners. You think your family tree or like mine's kind of a bush, which is weird, is messed up? Man, so was his. So we sing, oh, come all ye faithful, but how about, oh, come all ye hurting, hopeless, addicted, sinners, and saints. Christmas isn't isn't meant to be simplified in, oh, come all ye faithful. The complication of Jesus coming was it was, oh, come all ye everyone. The Bible doesn't say God sent his son to the world just, you know, he came to, to save the faithful. It says God so loved the world. That's way, way more complicated. And the risk is when we polish out all the rough edges, when we take the grit out of the reality of Christmas, this transformational story just becomes a scene that we come back to once a year to replay the scene. And before long, it just becomes a story and it kind of just starts to seem fake. And the world that God so loved doesn't want to put their faith in something that seems fake. So I think we need to take a little bit of the polish off and remember the grit of what actually took place in this story. It's a complicated beginning of how God entered our brokenness. He was born to a mom who was in pain. He was born into pain. But we're on the other side of this story, reading it and listening to it again, and they're in the middle of their dot, dot, dot. We know where this story ends up. They don't. The only one who did couldn't even crawl yet. And what I realize is that many of us during this season, we're in the middle of our own dot, dot, dots. We don't know exactly where we're headed right now. Maybe we're a little conflicted, confused. Things are complicated. And while images of love and joy fill the TV screens and fill our social media feeds, for some of us, other people's happiness is a constant reminder of the pain that we're in. For some of us, we hear about the busy social lives of other people and how they're going from party to party and they're doing these different things and we just are like, man, I just feel lonely. A lot of us, we see images of families that are, that are happy and hugging and it just brings up the memory of the pain of a family that's been torn apart, split apart, or suffered a loss. There's a young couple that I mentor and this is the message they sent to me. We had dinner with them a couple of weeks ago and it's, it's two or three weeks, so we had dinner with them and as we were sitting there eating, they've been married for a couple of years and and they said that they're just starting, they, they have been trying to have a child. And it's been a little bit that they've been trying. And we said, okay, and we were praying for them. And so they sent this message, says, can you pray for us? We didn't realize this season would be so hard. Watching families buy gifts for their babies is hard when all you want is one of your own. There's a context that takes place in a lot of people's life that makes Christmas a little more complicated than other seasons. Because for them, during this season, the sight of happy children is just a reminder that they want some of their own. And I don't want to be a downer because this is a great time of year, but let's be real, for a lot of us, Christmas is complicated. But today I'm here to remind you, and I'm also here to remind myself, that God has a message, something better on the other side of our dot, dot, dot. And for that, let's go back to the passage. 
And we're going to pick up exactly where I paused. Verse 20, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, him being Joseph, in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, and these words are huge, do not be afraid. Everyone say, say, do not be afraid. I didn't hear it one more time. Do not be afraid. Angels appear in a few different instances in the Christmas story. And each time when they show up, first off, I think they say, peace, do not be afraid. Because if an angel shows up to me, I'm peeing my pants. Like that's, that is not something I want to deal with. But also I think they want to bring the message that God wants to bring to all of us. Here's where I want you to start at this starting point. Do not be afraid. I'm not an angel by any means. But I do feel like God wants me to pass this message on to somebody in here. Whatever the dot, dot, dot you're currently in, know that God came to bring peace, to do not be afraid. But more importantly, as we read on, we give us why we don't have to be afraid, why we can have this uncommon peace. He says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her her is from the Holy Spirit. Thank goodness he tells him that. That's nice. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded, and he took Mary home as his wife. Verse 23 is the reason that we can live a life that has a little bit more peace. We can live a life that has a little bit less being afraid, and it's this. It says, they will call him Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. The only reason we can have confidence in our complicated lives is because God came to be with us. The reason I can have peace is because I know that I have a God who came to be with us. Jesus Christ, God with us. He wasn't born in a fancy palace. He wasn't born to a king. He was born in the complicated mess of humanity. Nobody was prepared for him. He was laid in an animal's feeding trough and born to a simple carpenter and his wife. So when everyone around us is filled with good cheer and all we can do is hold the tears back, we know that the one who was born and that the birth that we celebrate understands our tears. God came to be with us. He knows what it is to grieve He had lost loved ones in his life. He knows what it's like to endure temptation, to face poverty, to experience rejection. The things that we experience in life, he experienced. And because he came, we can have a little more confidence and we can do what the angel said. I don't have to be afraid because Emmanuel came, God with us. Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, which means he understands our trials. Hebrews 4.15 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Empathy is such a big deal because empathy is, means I know what you've been through. I'm not just sympathetically looking down. I've been, it, I've been through it as well. There are certain things that I can empathize well with other people because I know what that's like. And Jesus is this verse is saying Jesus knows what it's like to go through the complicated things in life. God 
with us. He understands our trials and troubles. We can cry out to him and he hears us. And he says that before, as he, after he rose from the dead, he gave us his spirit to comfort us when we're going through hard things. For all the reasons that make Christmas hard for us, the Bible tells us Jesus came to be with us, to bring peace, to bring healing, and it's still hard. But Isaiah 9, 6, a lot of us are familiar with this passage. It says, for unto us a child is born. Now this is someone that's speaking hundreds of years prior to this happening, but he's predicting and giving a, a prophecy of what's going to take place. For unto us a son is given and the government will rest on his shoulders. And what that shows us is that, you know what, all the chaos that we see and sometimes we turn to government for help, we just need to turn to Jesus for help. The government rests on his shoulders. He's bigger than all these other things that we get worried about sometimes. But we don't maybe, we put our confidence in the wrong place. But it says he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And this is the big one, Prince of Peace. Some of us, we just need to feel a little bit more peace. We feel unsettled and shaky. I'm right there with you. And while the holidays are hard, we can turn our complications over to Emmanuel, God with us. Philippians 2, 6 through 8 says, rather, this is, he made himself nothing. Man, he came to, and he just humbled himself in such a way by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. We have a savior who understands pain. He died for us. He was the ultimate sacrifice for us. He made a way for us to have not just a, a, like a superficial peace, but a peace that reconciles us back with the father. That's why he died on the cross. And then he was victorious over death and rose from the grave. He came to bear all the things that we couldn't, including shame, guilt, frustration. Some of you guys may have walked in and you did something real dumb yesterday and you're feeling shameful and guilty. I'm saying that is, God wants to release you from that. He wants to give you peace from that. He wants to set you free from those things. And here's the thing, above all, he came to just wipe away the sins and the tears from our eyes. Jesus Christ lived the life we couldn't. Now, there's nothing wrong with celebrating our Savior with Christmas songs, with lights, with putting on silly pajamas, watching Hallmark movies, and all those traditions. What's hard is when we sometimes chase the magical feels, the puffed-up version of, I need, I need Christmas to just feel, you know, I need, I need it to have that, that special quality. And we chase and we run down the special feels of Christmas instead of getting to the person of Christmas who came to be with us. And I would encourage you, if you continue to chase the feels, some days the feels aren't going to be there. And you need to surrender to God with us and let instead his peace fill you. His joy fill you. Because if we just always chase the feels when the complicated parts of Christmas come, that nostalgia and that family and that feeling may not be there the same way and we're going to just start to doubt and wonder, is this even real and worth it? This message was hard for me as I'm kind of was just writing it. 
Because honestly, Christmas is real complicated for me this year. And as many of you know, I've talked about this a bit, but you know, my dad passed away this year. That makes Christmas complicated. Any of you have had, if you've had loss this year, even loss at any point, you know, man, the craziest things will bring recollections up and make you all of a sudden get like really emotional and weird. And I'm not usually a super emotional cry type of person, but as I got closer to this season, I thought I'm doing pretty good with this. Like, and then like little things set me off and tears will well up in my eyes. Like the silliest one, last, it was a couple weeks ago, my son and I went to the mall, because that's what you do at Christmas, to, you know, feel like you're going to die soon. Um, so we would go to the mall, and I see this lady, and she's wearing like a church lady hat. You all know what church lady hats look like, right? Yeah, you're from Kentucky. You've seen some church lady hats. And it brings to mind this story that has always been something we, we laugh about, my mother doesn't, but my dad one year decided to buy my mom like six of these church lady type of hats. My mom doesn't wear church lady hats at all, but he thought this was a great gift to give to her. My dad was horrible at giving gifts. He would give you the shirt off his back. He was super generous, man, he could not pick out a gift well at all. So I see this lady in a hat, and all of a sudden, all these memories just flood in my, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Because it's just complicated. It's complicated. And a lot of you have those, are having those moments this year. And it's not only that. My dad has passed away, and now my mom, who I'm used to living all the way on the other side of the country, for 15 years, she has lived at least a six-hour plane trip away. Now she lives five minutes down the road. That's complicated. <laughs> that is complicated. When she's like, why didn't you come visit me last week? I'm like, I got stuff to do. Like, but it's complicated. And then I've got kids who are grown up. Any of you guys that have kids that are starting to grow up, you know that some of that nostalgic, magical feels of Christmas starts to change as your kids get a little bit older. I've got a daughter who's about to graduate high school next week. And it's just complicated. And I have to keep going, you know what? I love my family. I love the nostalgia and the vibes and the feels of Christmas, but that isn't what this is all about. Christmas is complicated because the biggest complication is that God came to be with us. That's so complicated. That's so sometimes mind-boggling that God came to be with us. But because God came to be with us, I don't have to fear. I can have peace. When I well up a little bit, I can cry and say, you know what? I'm going to cry because I do mourn and miss my dad, but I have a God who can give me peace. When I see my kids growing up, I can say, thank God that he's given me kids that have been healthy, and I'm going to continue to hand them over to him, and I'm going to just say, okay, God, you're with me. When I have a mom who sometimes drives me a little bit crazy, I say, thank God that I have a mom that's still there, that she prays down fire for me, man. I love her. God, thank you. And I can just always put it in perspective that God came to be with us, to bring us peace. So I want to remind you, whatever you're going through, and it's not just something to say, man. It's the truth. God came to be with you. And I'm going to challenge you to do something today because the hope of heaven came to bring peace to your world, to my world. 
But Jesus didn't just come to give us peace. He came to partner with us. And we all can think of someone right now in our brain. I want you to think of somebody who maybe this Christmas is a little bit more complicated for them this year. You might have friends, neighbors, family members, a coworker that something just is a little bit different this year. Even just this morning, I was back with the worship team and they were talking about just some different things that people are going through at this time of year and just like, it's, it's hard and it's complicated. I'm going to ask you guys to do something right now. I'm gonna, I don't have my phone. Will you give me my phone? I want everybody to take their phone out. And this may seem a little awkward, but that's okay. I got to collect my thoughts because here's what I just saw something. I want you to think of that person and I want you to just send them a quick text. And it doesn't have to be anything big. It could just be, hey, thinking of you. Love you, bro. How you doing? Merry Christmas. And here's all it is. It's just acknowledging that you know they're there. And sometimes the best thing we can do to show other people that God came to be with us is for you to be with them. In a simple way, we have this device that can just say, hey, how you doing? I picked it up just now and got a little bit choky because first service, I sent a message to my sister. She lives all the way on the other side, in Washington State. She had family that was all lived around her. Now they've passed or moved on. And so she's kind of out there by herself. And I just sent her a simple message, said, love you, sis. And she sent a simple message back. Hey, it's real early. (laughs) (laughs) But I love you too, brother. And sometimes it's just a simple message is all it takes to just let somebody know, hey, I, I, I know you're, I'm there for you. So I would encourage you all just right now, just to, it doesn't have to be anything hard, big. It helps our complications feel a little bit lighter because we're being a little bit more like Jesus when we're just letting somebody know, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, I'm, I'm here in church. love you. How are you doing? What's up? So I'm going to send another one real quick. I'm going to send it to those, to the two that I know are struggling right now. Not just looking forward to having kids one day and that's not something that's happened yet for them. God came to be with us. Christmas is complicated and it's always been that way. Let's not try to polish it up. Let's remember that it is a little complicated. But if it wasn't complicated, it wouldn't be worth anything because the biggest complication is God came to be with us. That's something that people don't, like we could study and think about that thought forever. God with us. And at the beginning of the message, I kind of give a bad time to some of these Christmas songs that I'll still sing and I love to sing. But one of them that I started to think about is like Silent Night. We know that this night was not silent or calm. And I'm thinking about this song. I'm like, this is weird because I really like this song. And then I started to think, here's the thing. 
I could shift the way I think about this song as I was writing this message because even in the darkest times, even when there's calamity and chaos, I can know that Jesus came and because of that, I can feel a silence and all can be calm and all can be right. So know that he came to dwell with us, to give us peace that doesn't make any sense. And Silent Night isn't about that there's no baby crying and there's no, it's that even when everything else is there, man, God came to be with us. I can feel a sense of comfort and peace that doesn't make any sense to the world around us. Some of you today, you need to just, you need to have that peace for the very first time that only comes from surrendering your life to Christ, from having reconciliation with the Father through forgiveness of sins. And I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. Say, my life belongs to you, Jesus. Others of us, we're struggling. Christmas is complicated. And I want to just pray a supernatural peace over you that God's, the spirit of God would come rest upon you and you just feel a comfort that doesn't make any sense. Maybe you need to talk to somebody. God's given us other people for a purpose. He wants us in community for a reason. Maybe you need somebody to pray for you. You just need to say, I'm struggling. I need you to pray for me. But either way, we have a God who came to be with us. And because of that, we don't have to be afraid. doesn't mean that we won't go through it. We just don't have to be afraid of it.